Heyo, welcome everyone to Today in the Scene by Indie Arcade Wave. I'm Joe, your host, and here on In the Scene, we dive into what's happening in the arcade space from indie developers, arcade owners, and operators, and just news in the space in general. Now, before we jump in, I just want to say a few things. We've got the new t-shirts for Galactic Battleground and Indie Arcade Wave. I'll throw those up on the screen, as well as the new cabinets. We've got our four-player Konami and our four-player Tabletop, which have been doing awesome in arcades. So if you're looking for one of those, those are on the screen. Grab one from us. I'll put the link down in the description. So this week, I'm going to do something different. I don't think I've had anybody on here yet that runs an, ar uh, an arcade podcast. So we're going to talk to one of my favorite arcade podcasts. Uh, the Heroes of Gaming podcast has had guests like Carrie Ann Hopkins, Jeffrey P. Lee, Mark Turmel, and many more. Uh, we see so much of these people's work, and we love their work from soundtrack, game design, character voice acting things like this but we never really hear too much from the individual that's doing that so i've got vlad with me this week to talk about the podcast talk about some of the people he's talked to and talk about why he wants to run the podcast so how you doing vlad hey very good sir very good it's good to see you joe this is awesome to be here thank you yeah i'm so glad you got on here i love the show um we've been talking for a long time now so you know it just comes full circle we're finally on here yeah um i'd love to join your show one day i'm sure it'll happen eventually oh yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. let's let's just jump into you like who is vlad tell us about yourself and tell us some of your earliest video game memories oh wow those are great questions so i uh uh my name is vincent vladimir shade uh i go by vladimir uh because that's uh, my middle name um i'm a, a filmmaker and a video game historian uh, and podcaster. I've been producing uh, several podcasts uh, professionally and um, and uh, movies professionally. But um, I have a great love for for story and a great love for uh, the people that make the stories. So during COVID, I uh, you know the the film industry was shut down. Everything was closed up, and I had all this gear. I had all this equipment. You know, I knew what to do, um, and I just thought, you know what uh what were my brothers and sisters in arms doing uh across the way in the video game industry I did uh industry that i've studied and and uh worked parallel to and of course a huge fan of my whole life and i was wondering what they were up to so you know i i called them uh just a few workers a few a few people that were you know our, our parallels, you know, the, what does a director of photography do in the film industry? What is the equivalent of that in the video game industry? You know, what's the equivalent of a grip or a sound uh, boom operator, you know, that sort of thing. And as I started to dive in uh, more and actually ask them, you know, questions, I, I found out that they, you know, had never had people ask them questions They the games that they build themselves are so huge and the you know the characters that they create and the stories that they make are so massive that they actually overshadow the people that make them so i i i started to you know call them heroes you know these are the real heroes that make the video games yeah sure we all play video games but you know who are the heroes behind the the games and that um and and that became kind of uh, a mission for me to just kind of uh, bring those names and those faces and those careers to light and to, uh, you know, just kind of pay homage to the people that uh, make the games we love and the worlds we love to live in and those uh, great escapes that we have and uh, that kinship that we have, uh, you know, when we uh, 
we struggle through or we play them, you know, it's, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing adventure. And I just wanted to create a space to thank them for all their work. So uh, that was, that was the whole creation of the, of the heroes of gaming podcast. And it's actually started to go really well. And it, it takes me a, a while to get these interviews, but it's, um, it's, it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Um, you asked me what my uh, a fond uh, video game memory is, um, or like you know, like a uh, you know a, a memorable moment. Uh, I have many of those. <laughs> I have many of those. Um, I mean, the the twist at the end of Bioshock, the first one was just a huge twist for me. It was like a, a metaphor for following tutorials and video games and how do we have free will to do our own thing or are we just following along in the footsteps of the, of a grand tutorial? Um, I, that was like a huge, like mind blow for me. Um, but even in the early, early, early days, um, you know, one of my, one of my first big, um, I'm a big proponent of, uh, LGBTQIA plus, uh, movement and, uh, you know, we have uh, a transgender uh, um, creator on the podcast. Uh, her name's Rebecca Ann Heineman. She was the first video game champion ever uh, in America. Just an incredible story. And she created inter Interplay. Amazing story. Um, but I'm a huge proponent of that. And uh, one of my early, early idols, early idols of uh, female empowerment and uh, uh, just, I don't know, just kind of, all around badassery was uh, Samus from uh, Metroid. When I played Metroid uh, and I beat it, and it was revealed that I've been playing as a girl the whole time, I was like shocked. I was shocked, and I was also like proud, really, really proud, and like uh, excited. I was, I was, I couldn't. I was excited to tell everybody that little uh, reveal. You know, it's. Uh, it's actually like just like some badass bounty hunter, you know, and it was a it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I have a lot of memories, a lot of memories, especially from RPG games. You know, those you get really wrapped up in the story. And uh, when you get wrapped up in the story and the dialogue and, you know, some people are, you know, they fall in love. Some people you you lose um, some people you fight for, you know, every HP I was always uh, I was always into it. So um, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I know I can go for a while on this stuff. So uh. no, you're good. I, I like that. I mean, you're right. Bioshock, incredible game. Uh, right. Still play it. Just actually just got it on Steam. They had like the whole the whole pack remastered and everything. I was like grabbing that for sure. Nice. Um, and Samus. I mean, Samus is a total badass. Like <laughs> totally. It, like I I just grabbed uh, Metroid Prime for the GameCube. And I, ha I haven't played it yet. I played it so long ago, but I'm going to have to I'm going to that's dialed up for the winter and we just got snow. So I I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. yeah, 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 get it. You know, like I got I got Samus all over this room, you know. She's she's uh she's one of my biggest heroes, so that's amazing. So, by means of the show, I'm always curious as to how people promote it. Like you've got these mm -hmm seemingly big names in the space right like these are these are people who have done very very important influential things for video mm -hmm. games but their names aren't necessarily known so how do you go about promoting that episode so more people can see it right so um well the first thing i do is i try to focus on more 
um, quality guests than quantity. You know, that's like my first, my first big thing is that because, um, I, I know a lot of people, they have, um, you know, the ability and the means to really just crank out episodes. Uh, for me, my, my time is limited cause I, I'm a freelancer in the film industry. So I, I don't have a lot of, uh, time. So when I do spend time, I really want to focus in and, and try to get really unique, um, stories and interviews and people. Um, when I, when I, when I'm able to do that, um, these people, they make really, really influential games. And some people, they only made one game, you know, we have, you know, our podcast is all about making, um, you know, unheard voices heard. So that's from people at the top of the mountain, AAA games, but also uh, people that have only made one game, indie people, you know, that have struggled for 10 years to make a game. Um, or, you know, you have the people that used to be on top of the mountain and it's been 40 years since they made a game. And and uh, like we're going to have um, the creator of Centipede on the podcast uh, pretty soon, uh, which is a classic uh, arcade game, which uh, is pretty pretty awesome huge game, uh, yeah yeah and, and it's a woman too she she invented it which is pretty pretty awesome you know like it's it's hard to imagine especially in the in the video game space it's been such a male-dominated industry uh but in like 1979 <laughs> it's super hard for for a woman to become a designer and to actually create a video game that it becomes popular you know like centipede um which is awesome um, and she's writing a book and she's going to be doing a documentary about her, uh, her story soon. So uh, that was pretty cool. But anyway, back to your question, Joe, sorry. Um, how do we promote them? Well, the games themselves are really, really popular. And those circles of people that, that, you know, play the games or worship the games or speed run the games, um, you know, by, by nature of them respecting the game, um, you know, sometimes people just forget or they just love the game so much. It just doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't register right away that they're watching the, when they watch the credits, like the people that made it possible for them to fall in love with a story like this. And uh, uh, so I appeal to that, um, to that audience. So for example, when we did um, uh, Master Daniel Piscina or uh, Carrie Ann Hoskins, um, you know, they're both contributed to uh, the Mortal Kombat franchise. Um, those are the those are the communities that we we look at. You know, we look at and we say, all right, does the Mortal Kombat community care about the characters that they play or the people that are behind the stories that they love? You know, like where did the where did the idea of Scorpion and Sub Zero come from? Who whose idea was to make them brothers or rival clans? You know, this sort of thing. You know, what, what, where did they get the name Lin Kuei? You know, that sort of stuff, you know. And um, these these ideas and where they come from and, and who created them and who put the sweat equity into it. And, um, you know, like even simple things like Carrie Ann Hoskins, how she's um, how she's had she's a mom and she had to choose between uh, raising her two sons uh, that are uh, that have uh, physical disabilities and um and become and, and becoming a rock star you know what i mean like she was a rock star she she was in uh the aerosmith game you know the arcade shooter uh right revolution yep. x along with like nba jam like nba jam absolutely and so you couldn't go to a comic con or a, a video game con and she she said even in the podcast she says that um she's the last one to get on the tour bus because she's so busy signing autographs her line's the longest 
So and, and then and she was the played Sonya Blade in the live uh, Mortal Kombat tour, which by the way I really think they should bring back, like the like like the theater show, like the live theater show that traveled over all over the country. There was an East Coast team and a West Coast team, and they didn't have a Sonya Blade that could that knew all the parts. So she played Sonya Blade on both the East Coast and West Coast. So she she's just a rock star. She's just like a total rock star, and she gave up that whole life uh, to be a mom, and to be you know one hell of a mom, uh, you know, and um, and then she also ran for office here in Illinois, which you know is is just wild. Um, so you know when 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 we look at these communities, we we ask them, you know, do you care? Do you care about? you know, these stories and these people, because there are real people behind them. And, you know, they really had to struggle. It was a real job. It was a real discussion. It was at one time it wasn't, you know, it didn't exist. And someone had to say, you know, like you mentioned uh, Jeffrey P. Lee, you know, when we talked about, you know, he created Qbert. And when he is asked, you know, who created Qbert, like the design of the whole game, it was like a whole team effort. It was like six people in a room and once in a while people would walk past his office and say, Hey, you know what? Uh, you should change the, every time he steps on a tile, uh, it should change color. Anyway, I'm going out for a donut. I'll see you guys later. And then they're like, what? That's brilliant. That's a great idea. You know? So it's a really cool, I don't know, history. It, it fascinates me. <laughs> it fascinates me to just like understand where it all came from. So when we uh, promote these things, we don't try to like shotgun it out there or like spam anybody or anything like that. Uh, we do individual targeting to individual communities that um, that like these specific games. And um, you know, recently we've been uh, we've just started our YouTube channel, we started our Twitch channel, um, and we're going to be um, playing some new games and some retro games. And we're also going to be um, you know promoting our YouTube channel as well so uh you know we get more video content with more video content comes you know some interesting things not just uh voices you know you get to see the expressions on folks yeah i i think those are all really good methods i i'm very very much the same way you know i i find an arcade in i mean say ontario canada and yes. i'll target like their reddit page because those people are in the neighborhood those people know the owner those people know the arcade so it it helps to really be able to target and focus those individual people who really care about the matter you know like yeah like like ground control in portland i'm not going to promote that to like washington dc i'm going to promote it to people in portland who know anthony who know dylan that that want to know more about the arcade and know the history of the arcade Right. And that's that's what's been working for me and for anybody else that's podcasting. That's a very good way to do it. You got to find who actually cares about what you're talking about and give them more information on it. Um, we've already mentioned so many good podcasts that you've done, but let's talk about some of your favorites. Like what has been <laughs> one of your favorite interviews and why I personally loved the Carrie Ann one. Um, it was Thank cool you. to find out that she's actually fairly local to me. Yeah. Um, she's, I think she lives like 45 minutes to an hour away from me, which was pretty cool. And just like, you're right. Hearing the story of like her deciding between being a mom and continuing with what she's doing. And I mean, she was killing it at the time. Like she yeah. was so <laughs> high up there. Like 
just looking back at the games that she was on, it's ridiculous. 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 And, you know, and she, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing her face, without seeing, you know, her talents, you know. And there's that great story in there. You know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there's a great story in there about um, about her not knowing the martial arts and her being doubted um, if she could pull off any martial arts uh, in real time. You know, like she could throw a punch or a kick, but like, can she do like combinations? Can she do the the acrobatics of a martial arts uh, simulated fight? And um, she just trained and trained and trained. And when she showed the the uh, the grandmaster uh, this, you know, basically the, the one of the most famous fight choreographers in the world, um, he was so impressed. He said, "I'm sorry, I doubted you. You're the one." You know, which is like a great honor. And it's a testament to her uh, strength as a um, as a dedicated, you know, as, as a dedicated performer, but also, you know, she's just unstoppable. You know, she's just unstoppable. Um, I love I love the people, um, you know, that create these games. And I have so many on the list right now um, that we're we're trying to get some scheduling uh, conflicts resolved and trying to like um align ourselves but we've got some big names and we've got some new names uh coming up uh, i'll mention those in just a minute but i think one of my favorite um i think you know it's hard to, it's hard to pick a favorite you know because there's this they're all so unique you know they're all so unique and they're also wonderful um i really like uh bo jimenez um bo jimenez and i we just, you know, we're the same age. We got along really, really well. And um, he calls himself an ear exciter. Uh, <laughs> but he's the he's the sound designer of The Last of Us Part Two, And uh, he invented breathing murmuration, which is insane because I, I did not even realize that you had each company uh, cannot reuse stock footage from another game. You know, it's all um, it's it's all proprietary. So each company has to reinvent every sound effect that is in a video game. You would think that they would all at some point have similar sounds or noises, but no, they 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 all have a copyright on that sound, which is why you get games that are made by Rockstar that are that have you know water effects or or you know animation engines that are so custom made that they they keep them under lock and key or if you have um like in the last of us why does the last of us look so good and it's like you know 10 year old game and let's say a game that comes out now like uh the king kong game that came out that one worst game of the year um that looks you know so blocky or shoddy you would think that once they invent something it carries over to every other game, but it doesn't. It's it's these these game companies have to reinvent the wheel each time, um, and then they they keep it as a secret, you know. So when when Bo got jumped from when he jumped from uh, Bungie, um, you know Bungie, he had to customize all the weapons in Destiny Two, and uh, he he has a great story about him, you know, actually getting to do a reload a reload on a, on a futuristic alien weapon. And he's like, really, it's my first year and you're letting me do a reload. This is amazing. You know? And so he gets to experiment and have fun and, and all that stuff. But when he's, when he's the lead sound designer on the last of us too, 
uh, part two, he gets to like really invent stuff. And so he invented uh, murmuration, which is, you know, that's top secret stuff. You know, it's very, very cool that he, uh, that he was able to share that with me. And for situations like that, I had to sign stuff for PlayStation. You know, I had to get vetted by Sony. I had to talk to them about, um, you know, what I'm allowed to talk about, what I'm not allowed to talk about. I had to speak to their human resources department. So some of the, um, some of the interviews that I'm getting are so exclusive or so proprietary that it takes months to get permission to actually get them, you know, actually get them, get them on the line. Um, other people are just, uh, you know, they're independent agents, you know, or they represent themselves and uh, they're fairly easy. You know, you can meet them at a coffee shop, you know, uh, Jeffrey P. Lee is like that. Jeffrey, Jeffrey P. Lee lives a block away from Galloping Ghost. And I know, you know, Galloping Ghost real well. I know, you know, those guys, uh, they're fantastic. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun to, uh, and he goes to Galloping Ghost all the time because Jeffrey P. Lee didn't just do, um, he didn't just do uh Qbert. I mean, that's the, his most famous one, but he contributed to all the art, uh, like kind of early arcade games of that era, you know, all of his art. And he did all the, uh, the side art, all the box art, uh, the cabinet art on the side. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've met him very briefly a couple times in Milwaukee. Mm. Um, he goes to Midwest gaming classic, yeah. periodically <laughs> he does um, yeah. so so i've met him out there um he's he's a really cool dude uh i i think that's that's cool how much he's contributed and just uh, obviously like if you can be around doc why wouldn't you be around doc i mean right like, the, the guy's got a killer game selection yeah um it's a cool arcade i was so i i only had like two hours there and i'm very happy oh, really? that i yeah I, I drove out for for an ultimate frisbee tournament uh, i was playing with my brother's team and i basically had two to three hours to kill while I was there. So we drove 30 minutes farther than we were going to go just to see the arcade. My wife and I hung out there for a couple hours, drove back, got ready for the tournament. So oh, okay, nice. it was it was a quick visit, but I I, I had to make it like it was a must. Oh, it's on, totally on the, on for trip. you. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. After you got to having see the already talked to area. Doc. Yeah, right, I didn't yeah. see the pinball. I just I just hung out oh, in the arcade. Okay. Yeah, OK, nice. OK. Well, the arcade's big enough, man. You can get lost in there. You know, it's a giant yeah. place. I could have spent a lot more time in there for I've sure. Spent, I've spent days in there before. I've spent days in there before. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you got to see it. That's awesome. So you're talking about new guests, obviously. Yes. Um, you can't reveal all of them. Totally understand that. But who is a dream guest that you'd like to get on the show? You've been trying, you've been working at it, or you haven't even reached out to him yet. Who would you like to have on the show? Uh, that's a great question. So, um so i i'll tell you i'll tell you both okay uh, i'll tell you both um the uh the big one my dream guest that i've been trying to get forever and um i'm very close you know we're, we're talking about uh we are in communication now so um we're talking about a time a place and you know some of these people that i i uh, talk to they actually re require money to to pay them for their time because uh, they're so you know they're 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 consulting they're you know they're, they're, their information is so um rare you know it's valuable you know everyone's information is valuable but some people are at that age so um so right now uh we're very close to uh locking in my dream guest who i've been after for over two years uh which is uh sid meyer 
uh, he's the creator of uh, civilization and uh, pirates and a bunch of other amazing uh, things. But he basically invented the uh, the genre of like world building, which is crazy. I have his book and everything else. Um, that's that's one that we're gonna get. Hopefully, it's that's our big one. And then uh, my dream guest is uh, Todd Howard. Uh, Todd Howard, the the director and executive producer over at Bethesda. Um, he's not easy to get a hold of, and uh, and when I spoke with his agent, it was like uh, for an hour, it was like ten thousand dollars. So it was like he's like in high high demand. So. Um, but I, I, at some point, I would love to get him on the podcast and pick his brain and and learn about his decisions and uh, when he uh, produced uh, Fallout Three and, um, of course, the new uh, Starfield. I mean, I mean to to study someone's you know ten or twelve year plan, it, it, that's wild. You know, that's like your entire life cycle in school. That's like one game. You know, the, the the whole idea of this is going to take 12 years. Here's what we're going to do to get there is just mind bending to me. So I'd love to uh, sit with him for a while. So those are my two kind of uh, uh, dream dream guests. Yeah, I mean, Fallout 3 was so good. I've played yeah. it a bunch <laughs> of times. Uh, I remember in college, I was just like, I feel like I I like didn't go to class or anything for like two three days i was just like i got into it and just played right and right. then i was like oh man i should probably do something but right, right. um yeah i mean amazing game still revisit it still one of my favorites so i mean that's definitely a definitely a good guest to have on the show yeah um i've got a handful of people that are watching that are are curious about starting a podcast um one future guests that i i hope i influence their podcast a little bit nice. uh, they just started it uh but uh what advice would you have for someone wanting to start a podcast like what advice did do you wish you had before you started oh um okay uh, so i think a big one is i i know you know you're excited to as soon as you get one done to send it out um but i think advice i would i would probably would have given myself and advice that I would give others is you should build a library of content before you launch stuff, you know, just have a, at least three done, you know, so that way you can kind of gain a momentum. And then the other tip is stick with the momentum. You know, it's been hard on our podcast because we, we weren't able to be consistent with our, um, our, you know, our, our volume. Um, and uh, we were getting back to that in December. We're, we're already uh, 10 episodes deep. Um, so we're launching, you know, one a week. Uh, so we're going to do four a month. And, um, you know, right now we're two months ahead as far as our content library. We've got, I can mention two two folks here. We've got, um, you know, one that's already coming soon up there on the, uh, on the website is uh, Duke Nukem. We've got... Uh, you know, the, the voice, the character, the man who is Duke Nukem. And, you know, he does like a ton of other voices for um, Dota and uh, just just a ton of other games. Um, but uh, he's incredible. Um, and then uh, we have we have a few others, but I, I want to try to leave those for a, a little bit of a surprise. Um, but uh, getting back to the advice, I, I would recommend 
uh, building a small library before you launch. And that way you can do some, some strategic launching and uh, you don't send them all out at once. You know, you send them out in a kind of a steady uh, stream and, uh, and try to keep the momentum, try to really try to keep the momentum going because people really like to see uh, activity. They love to check in. Uh, Joe, you're a great example of this. You know, I love how much content you put out. And even if it's a small snippets, um, I think you do a great job of, of gathering information and having a, having just like quick education moments and quick, uh, you know, just quick snippets that show that this show is active, it's moving, it's processing, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's a really, really great thing that I think you are uh, doing, Joe. Um, I, I love, I love your stuff. I love all the stuff you make. And uh, I try to support as much of it as I can, because it's, it's great. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, I love your show, too. And I, I, I think that's really, really good advice. Like, I, I did it kind of the opposite way. I, I first started, I did like an interview a week for it had to have been, I think like the, the first year I started it, I think I did like 47 episodes in 52 weeks, something wow. like that. Yeah. So it was like I was recording an episode every single week. And as I've gotten farther into the show, it's much easier to line up, you know, three, four, five guests in a week and just pile it in and have like like today I have two interviews, like one in the morning, one in the evening. It's just easier to to knock them all out and then give yourself that breathing room of like, OK, I got to edit this video this week. I got to edit mm -hmm. this video this week. That way you have less pressure of I need to set up an interview. I need to do the interview. I need to get all of the content for the interview <laughs> and I need to edit and post all in the same week. It just like it adds up so fast. Oh, and my you, God, it's bad. You burn out like crazy. So, yeah, take your time, batch record interviews. It makes it a ton easier for you on the back end because then you have the pressure of like i've got it i just need to edit it right right absolutely and editing comes with all this other stuff you know i'm a little bit of an older cat so like for me posting with the hashtags and trying to get everything right and the spacing and the oh i forgot to do hashtag for your page and like i, I get like it, it for me it's it takes a little bit longer to post stuff um so you know i have to keep myself organized but yeah, I think that's kind of the best advice um, because, you know, I think the only other advice I would have is just, you know, kind of know your your content, know your audience and try not to stray too far away from it, you know, because your audience is tuning into you, um, you know, giving them that type of that type of content. And if you stray too far away, then they might be like, oh, is he is he doing something else now or this or that? Um, you know, and we've gotten, we've gotten comments on our, um, on our, you know, YouTube or our, um, you know, just, just random, uh, comments on different, on Spotify or Apple, uh, iTunes or whatever, um, that have, that have praised the podcast for its consistency, uh, which is, which is nice, which is really nice, you know? And, um, uh, so I, th I think that there's, we're finding some success there. Um, and then I think once we launch these, uh, these next episodes and we continue, uh, to be, uh, to get into a rhythm, I think that we're really gonna, um, we're really gonna see some volume right now. We have, um, we're approaching our, uh, half a million downloads. Um, so we have, uh, I think 400,000 right now, 410,000, uh, we get about 5,000 downloads a week. Um, and then also, I think it's important to mention this because I feel like not enough 
um, podcasters warn you about this, but there's no money in this. <laughs> there's no money. There's no money in the in the podcasting uh, universe until you really start growing um, and and making it a full time job. You know, when it's a when it's a part time job, you're really doing it for the love of the game, and you're building a community. You're building volume, and um, you know, I think. And if I could say this delicately, uh, greed won't take you as far as love will. You know, the love for what you're doing, or for the mission you're on, or for the for the passion for what you're you're talking about, and the communities that you have, will take you much farther than saying, "Oh, I'm going to make this for a buck," or you know, "This is a this is a great way to make some passive income." You know, and it's and it's like you know, people can tell people can tell whether you're being genuine or not with your uh, with your missions, with your statements, with your, um, you know, with, with, in general, your, um, your, your sense of pride when it comes to, um, the content you create, uh, you know, you put a lot into it, uh, you get a lot out of it. I 100% agree with that. Like it, it is, it is passion. That's, that's really what it is. This is in my eyes, an avenue for me to build a name in the space and meet arcade owners. You know, it, it's yeah. it's a lot more fun to meet someone by hearing their story and getting to know them than just like reaching out to them being like, hey, buy my game. It's it's way more fun to actually meet them as a person and build a relationship and then be like, all right, if you're interested, let me know. Like no pressure on it. No pressure. Right. Exactly. Like you don't want to be hawking like a salesman or something or trying to spam someone to death and trick them into, you know, <laughs> subscribing to your podcast because exactly. as quick as quickly as they click on it, they can click off of it, you know? So unless you really put the heart in your art, it's not going to matter. Yeah. The faster you go up, the quicker you come down. So Ooh, you just got to take your time on it and just love it. Like enjoy it. Know, know what you're getting into and just make sure you're enjoying it. That's, uh, that's all I had for you, Vlad. So shout out social medias, where can people find the podcast and, uh, yeah. Anything else you have to say? Yeah. Um, well, I have two, two, I guess two quick things to say. So the first thing is, is, um, Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, just chatting with me for a little bit. It's it's so awesome to uh, hang out with you, Joe. Um, <laughs> and uh, people can check out the Heroes of Gaming podcast at heroesofgamingpodcast.com. Uh, you can Google it and find it on YouTube and on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, and we're pretty active on TikTok as well. That's how we found Joe uh, and um, and you know, a few other great creators that Joe has interviewed. Um, you know, we found them all through TikTok. So it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, space as well. Um, the uh, last thing I want to say is, uh, Joe, have you ever met uh, Walter Day? I did briefly meet him. It might have actually been at Midwest Gaming Classic again. Yeah, I, I think he was there with Billy Mitchell. Yeah, he's always hanging out with Billy Mitchell. Um, so... I am uh, scheduled to visit him at his arcade that he created. And I would be honored if you would join me uh, to co-host that episode. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely like to talk more about this and see if we can do that. 
Yeah, that would be amazing because, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm all about the people who create video games. So that encompasses indie all the way to AAA um, and everything in between. So I do everything from Atari, con I do console, arcade and PC stuff, you know. Um, so we have some crossover, um, but I would love for you to be able to interview Walter Day at the Twin Galaxies at his original spot, you know, him being the the OG of arcade uh, things. I think that would be a cool interview um, to have you co-host with me because, you know, you're the guy. You're the guy for it. I think that'd be sweet. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk more about that afterwards so uh, we can we can make something happen. Excellent. Um, but again, Vlad, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I uh, love the show. Love to check it out. If you're still watching, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. It helps us a ton. The wave will continue to grow and we will all ride it together. New shirts, new cabinets. Those links are below. And I'm going to leave all your links in the bottom, too, so that people can go check out your show. But until next time, peace. Thank you. Thank you.